1: digital assets, blockchain, DeFi, NFTs. What does this all mean? Check out the Cryptocurrent Podcast where we educate people entering the digital asset space where we have digestible conversations with thought leaders shaping its future. You can find us on Spotify today.
0: So who here study studied more than like 10 hours of IoT? 100 hours of IoT? Okay, 1,000 of buyers. Okay, blockchain. Who knows what blockchain is? Okay, over 10 hours of studying. Over 100 hours of studying. Over 1,000 hours of studying. Okay, good. Who here works in government? Anybody? Does anybody work in a business that services government? All right, all right, all right. Cool. So, I got a fun presentation for you. One more question. Who here likes free money? <laughs> okay, so... This is the craziest business ever, because that's exactly what we do. We literally give you devices and hardware that makes free money, and it expands the coverage for IoT. You want a smart city? You use our hardware. You want some smart home and devices? You use our hardware. Actually, then you get paid, right? And the tricky part is Alexa, Google, these other ones, it's all about privacy, right? I don't have smart stuff in my house with Alexa or Google because of that. So, thanks for letting me know a little bit about you. I'm going to jump into a little bit about me, and then we'll talk about how we can work together. I'm going to try and condense about 10,000 years of human experience into about 30 minutes, so bear with me. There's a lot of slides. We're going to go quick. Uh, But I think y'all are up for it, and I think you can keep up. So, all right, that's me, Georgia Tech Engineer. What have I been up to? So that brought me to the mouth of the Congo River in Angola, Africa, right? Was building the world's largest LNG plant. $12 billion right there. If you look at that edge, that's seven kilometers by two kilometers. And if you think of like the Florida marshlands, we raised it up two meters. And then we built that on top, $12 billion. I was part of the mobilization team, first 100 people there. My job was to prepare for 10,000 other people to show up and build that over four years. Out of that in Africa... Out of necessity, we were in a place that had very little communications, right? You're in the middle of nowhere. It took me four days of one-way travel to get there and four days back, eight days, over a week just to get there and back on airplanes. And where we were was so remote that there was barely any internet. There was pretty much a duopoly in the country, and you only had either-or service, and they didn't care because you had to buy their stuff, right? So... When we're doing a, you know, our project was $750 million on our two civil engineering teams. And so if we're down for a day of projects and we're not getting an updated, updated report on what we should be doing, that's like hundreds of thousands of dollars a day lost. So when the other, when the other people started to show up on the, on the job site, then these dishes started to show up. I'm a, I'm a friendly guy, so I was like, hey, neighbor, what's up? What's with this dish? And they're like, oh, that's internet. It gives us internet. And it pretty much never fails. And it, if you're, if it's raining, if it's cloudy, you'll always have internet. I was like, cool. So I go back to my project manager. I'm like, hey, project manager, there's an internet solution for this. And the project manager's like, great, go figure it out. And I was like, what? I had no idea about this, right? So then I learned about internet, and I became the internet guy in Africa for, like, the next seven years, right? I started my own ISP. I covered Africa for, like, four different time zones, last country went into civil war. Then after the civil war, which was South Sudan, I was like, okay, I just lost my 20s. All of my money, all of my work, I didn't save anything. Just kept putting it back in the business. Yeah, let's just grow the business. And then gone, everything gone. So I was like, all right, let me take some time off. Let me come back to the US and let me start over, right? That's when I went into blockchain, like full time. I've been in since 2014. Right? As a passive observer, oh, that's cool technology. Let's, let's see what's going on here. And then when it went above the price of gold and stabilized at $1,000 or ounce, then I was like, okay, now it's time. The rest of the market is waking up. Something's you know, being activated with Bitcoin. That was like January, February of 2017. That point, six weeks, 18-hour days, all I did was eat, sleep, consume everything, read everything, watch everything on blockchain and Bitcoin. And I was like, all right, this is it. Then I did that pretty much until now, like full-time. One of my favorite projects was Helium, and there was this kid I was trying to find online. It's like, hey, power patron, Helium. Who here's heard about Helium? Okay, nice, I like that. So there was a power patron, the, the first person to buy in bulk these Helium miners, right? I'll get into this in a little bit. And his name was Adia Rule. I found him on LinkedIn, but I couldn't get in touch with him. So I'm from Atlanta, and the blockchain community there is, you know, pretty tight knit. So I was meeting this person who raised a $200 million venture capital fund for Algorand Blockchain. Now it's called Borderless Capital. They're actually about to open up an office here in Miami. And so I was meeting up with him, catching up, "Hey, congratulations on your fund." And he mentioned helium, and I was like, "Oh, I love helium." And then I just went off for like 30 minutes, started talking about helium. I was like, I'm trying to find this kid, though. He's in Atlanta somewhere, and he's, like, the number one miner of helium. I was like, I really wanted to meet him. He's like, oh, that's my son. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, well, what are you guys doing with that? He's like, yeah, actually, we're pretty much maxed out on friends and family, you know. I was like, well, you need some help with that? He's like, yeah. So I'm co-founder of Emirate with that guy, Adia Rule, 11 years old when he started. Now he's 13 and a millionaire, right? So, basically, he started off with doing chores, took the money, put it into last bull cycle, uh, Ethereum mining, turned his, you know, thousands of dollars, few thousand dollars into like six figures. as was like, I think a nine or ten year old. And then took half of that and made a big bet on Helium. And at that point, he was the first one to make a big bet on Helium. Helium is a proprietary-built blockchain. It's not a copy, it's not a fork. It is purpose-built just for one thing and one thing only, which is covering the world with an IoT network and different wireless protocols, right? Who here remembers Napster, yeah? Peer-to-peer file sharing. The technological genius behind Napster was the guy that came up with Helium in 2013, right? So now here we are, eight years later, they spent six years developing the software, then 2019, they gave us the hardware, and then this kid was the one that bought in bulk the most of that hardware. Now, we're the number one miner in the world of helium hardware, and what's crazy is we give you the miners for free. Less than five watts of energy consumption, if you can plug in an IKEA LED light bulb, it's less than that, right? And then, so not energy intensive, and then also less than 5 kilobits a second of bandwidth, so not very much bandwidth consumption either. So literally, it's like, hi, you know? Go to emirate.io, sign up, and then we will send you a box that makes you free money. What's crazy is it it just went 1,000x in the last year, right? When I was mining, cool, we're making a bunch of tokens, 15 cents, awesome. Now it's like 15 bucks. (laughs) So, That gets shared with you guys. You guys get 20% revenue. I'm going to now walk through the importance of what we're doing. Not the money part, right? Not the money part. I'm going to walk through as humans, as civilization, why this is important. How this plays into the bigger picture of things, of what's happening and what's coming. So, what have I been up to? Emirate, and then also Government Blockchain Association. So, actually, 2017... I started the Miami chapter with that guy over there, Silvio Pupo. If you have any questions about government and blockchain and how they intersect and technologies, yeah, guy in the blue shirt. He runs the, he's the president of the Miami chapter. Very active. And what I'm going to be sharing is like, how do you have free infrastructure that pays for itself? We all
1: know there's a race to acquire more Bitcoin. Why not earn more with what you already have? With Tantra Labs app, you can put your Bitcoin to work with up to 12% interest backed in Bitcoin per year. Currently the highest interest rate in the industry. So, how does it all work? First, go to tantralabs.io and follow the steps to sign up. Second, after approval, deposit as much or as little as you like. Third, sit back and watch your Bitcoin work for you at 12% interest back per year. Lock in your 12% now by signing up at tantralabs.io. Or you can click on the link in our show notes and on our website.
2: Crypto Current crew, if you want more ways to engage with us outside of the show, come and join us over on Clubhouse, the new app on iOS and coming soon to Android. On Clubhouse, we're bringing you brand new content every single week in a very fun and engaging way so that you can have conversations with us live. That's right, live. Talk to us, some great special guests, and you can join Richard and I every single week for a brand new conversation during our show, Let's Talk Crypto at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can find me at my handle, at Stephen Miller. That's Stephen with a V, Miller. And Richard, what's your handle?
1: R Carthon, C-A-R-T-H-O-N.
2: And starting next week, you can also find us by joining our group. That's right. Search us at Cryptocurrent on Clubhouse and you'll find our group. Join up because every single week, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, we'll have a brand new session for you.
0: So these are all the different working groups. There's like over 50, all the different ways that government and blockchain can intersect. It's a nonprofit. If you're a government worker, uh, which nobody raised their hand earlier, then you get free entry. Otherwise, it's a nonprofit membership organization. So I just took this screenshot a little bit earlier. In one year, we went basically from 1,000 hotspots. This is the whole network, not just ours. We went from 1,000 hotspots to almost 30,000. We'll probably hit 100,000 by the end of the year. And we're in U.S., Canada, Mexico, Europe, and Australia and China. Okay, so this is actually what I'm here to talk about. So I like maps. So I'm going to share with you one of my favorite maps. And we're missing a circle, or not actually a circle. All the rest of this, the outside of the circle, is like nothingness, right? Tao, nothingness. Then we go consciousness, sound, right? Light, matter. If you go to the Bible, God said, let there be light. He had the idea. He said something, light, right? Then universe, galaxy, well, light slowed down as matter. Then we have universe, galaxy, solar system, earth, human. We're going to be talking about the human level, right? But we're also going to be connecting how this goes back to the other levels on a type one civilization. Has anybody ever heard of Kardashev scale and type one civilization? All right, you three. Cool. So I'm going to go through this very quickly. This is the 10,000 years of human experience that we're going to run through, just to kind of put it in a contextual framework, because most often we don't, you know, think typically beyond our own lives or next generations or definitely not multiple generations or when we're dead, what's going to happen. But that's normally where I like to think about. So over the last 10,000 years, we're basically at society 4.0. I'll go through this real quick. So basically, in the beginning, right, we're chasing our food, right? We're chasing our energy. It's not here. It's not predictable. We got to go around, pick it up. We got to go kill stuff. We got to go forage. And then, next society, we were like, oh, hey, I can stick my energy here, and I can predictably make all my energy consumption in one place. And that's when we got into, like, farming and agrarian society. Then we're like, hey, now I can actually take my energy and optimize it and make it way more efficient. And then I can put less time in, but I get more energy back of my resources, right? But the tricky part is, is every society that solved the problems of the previous society created solutions that aren't going to be solved by its own society. That's why the next evolution comes behind and solves it for it, right? In the very beginning, this is just a fun story. In the very beginning, UK was actually ahead of America, as far as like automobile production, but they put in regulations and laws that said, hey, you need a, three parties to drive your car. You need a flag bearer to walk in front of it. You need an engineer to drive it. And then the, I guess the passenger. And the speed limit was only four miles an hour, right? So that's why the UK didn't progress. But then we're like, hey, mass production, Model T Ford, right, iterate, iterate, iterate. And the new technology was built on the old infrastructure Of the old technology. This is just a quick thing that we got really good at, really good at mass production, the Society 3.0, industry society, but, you know, we have so much waste. We actually produce enough food for 12 billion people, but still there's billions of people that go hungry, right? And so that's just a quick slide, right? How do we get more efficient? Well, the same society that creates the same consciousness level that creates the problem isn't the one that's going to be the one that solves it so right that's what einstein said so we have to we have to raise our consciousness we have to raise our thinking and hopefully that's what our future generations do right we hope they're smarter than us if not we're we're going to die so society 4.0 information society hey we know how to do industrial mass production and well Man, let's make these little machines that can make decisions and think better than us and patterns and data and things like this, right? So this was the beginning back in, you know, last century, 100 years ago. And then now we have the first internet, right? The first internet is the internet of data storage, information storage retrieval, and moving the data around. That's data. That's internet one. Internet two is blockchain. Okay, I'll get back to blockchain. So this is actually where my company focuses, is this internet of things, right? Well, I want convenience. I want data. I want these sensors, right? Why do I need to walk over there and, and check on something? Why can't, why can't that just give me the data feedback, right? In places that are hard for humans to get to, that places that are inhospitable, places you only need to check maybe once a year, why not just put a sensor there, right? And I'm going to go over why our company is really helping this because the biggest barrier to why we don't have super smart societies, super smart cities right now is the who's going to pay for it, right? The infrastructure costs. Who's paying for that? Well, we do, right? And we're going to give you something that makes you money. It's It's a no-brainer. Okay, so this is what's happening in the next... Well, I guess we're supposed to be there now <laughs> at 50 billion devices. But that's the trajectory, right? So just the main thing is look at, the, look at the acceleration of the curve. That's what we're following. And the tricky part is that all of the incumbent systems right now with all these devices, right, are having to pay for the infrastructure. They're having to pay for the, you know, the towers to go up, all the devices. If you wanted ubiquitous coverage in the United States... For, like, IoT, working on the same radio technology that we work on, we're talking about, like, tens and tens of billions of dollars. But then they're not going to get the money back for so long, so they didn't build it, right? So they're sitting on it. So these are these are the main categories, right? Smart homes, wearables, smart cities. That's the one I'm most interested in. Anybody that wants to talk about government infrastructure, please, I want a trophy project. That would be one. And then you have all these other categories, right? And... Just more sensors, more data. Next slide. Uh, this is how IBM thinks of it. Real quick, you know, device, cloud, global network, local network, and then all these things. So here's the tricky part, is that so many slides create so much data, right? My level, my level is on the, on the data creation level. Then after that, that's where you get into the machine learning, deep learning, AI. We need machines to process this kind of stuff. Here's one of my favorite slides to be kind of aware of is the number of patents filed for artificial intelligence, deep learning, machine learning, right? U.S. has been dominant up until around 2015. And then after that, China just took off. You see, you see the growth curve, right? That's the thing to be worried about. They're cranking out over 2,000 AI PhD. Students a year, maybe 5,000, something like that. Ridiculous amount of number. And the other thing as well is with AI, the data is how fast you can grow your AI. Well, who creates the most data right now? That's China, because they got a bunch of people. We don't have that many people. Who recognizes her? Yeah, Sophia, okay. So, the artificial general intelligence, artificial super intelligence, right? That's like the next consciousness, right? That's the next. How do we, how do we create something That's going to solve our problems that we created ourselves, our grandparents, our parents, ourselves, the problems we created, you know, is it going to be our kids that solve them? Maybe, but probably better bet is, you know, the robots, heart-based, heart-based robots. Mm -hmm. So this was just a quick one on, you know, blockchain that I like to share that, you know, most people don't know. Old internet is like little protocol, bunch of applications. Right? Facebook, Google, your phone stuff, that's all in the application layer, but the protocol layer is very tiny, which is why it's a very small security and very easy to have so many vulnerabilities. Right, Blockchain, big protocol layer, tiny application layer, which is why it's security. If you just look at the protocol layer, put security there instead. And you can see the difference between those two. The analogy I like to share is blockchain is... For the first time ever, the memory of human civilization. It's our memory that is immutable, can't be changed, single source of truth. I don't know how many people are from other countries, but like I've been around the world. I lived out of the world for 10 years, right? An expat, been to over 70 countries. And it's interesting to talk about history because when I'm like in Brazil talking with my Brazilian friends they have a different version of history and it's not the same one that the Americans are taught in American school. And they're like, no, that's not how we learned it. Like, oh, okay. So there's different versions of history. And with blockchain now, we have for the first time ever to have a single version or even multiple versions, but at least those versions can't be manipulated or changed. And you can at least compare and contrast and subscribe to the ones that you want. So for us, Blockchain is the memory of humans. Let that sink in. So before, we had the Library of Alexandria. Gone up in flames. We lost so much knowledge, so much time, so much information, so much advancement. Took us back, right? Now we have blockchain. Now we have a way to remember the past. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> Next slide. So what does the future look like? Okay, so Japan, a few years ago, they hit a uh, 25% of the population hit over the age of 65. They have a negative declining population, which means they're not making more babies to take care of the elders as they get older, which is why they're really big into robots and healthcare robots, right? So then they're like, hey, let's rethink the way that society's built because the way that is built right now isn't going to help me when I'm 80 years old and we have less population to take care of it, right? If you got a declining population, those people aren't going to be growing up to take care of your grandparents, right? They're going to be doing something else. So they had to rethink. Oh shit, we're all going to be old, and you know somebody needs to help us take care of ourselves into the into the future. You know we need to rethink society from the ground up. So they came up with this idea called Society 5.0. We'll go through this real quick. So the old way is that you're having to do all these different activities and, and then it goes to the cloud and then it comes back to you. Old way is you have to go to these places to get serviced. New way is, actually, we're seeing this now with COVID, right? It kind of accelerated this. Now the services come to you, right? You don't have to physically go there. Now, remotely, digitally, it comes to you. Same thing with mobility, right? Old way You have to go to the bus. The bus takes you to places. New way is the the cars come to you. We have this, right? Uber, Lyft, drones coming soon. Same thing with infrastructure, right? Old way, human has to go check it out. Uh, New way is there's all these little sensor devices in all these places, and you just check it on your phone. So old way, physically, you have to be there. New way, digitally, it comes to you, or you have access to the information. <laughs> okay, so where does Imran, my company, fit in? This is the fun part. We are building the central nervous system of the world for the A- yeah. woo, yeah. <laughs> for the heart-based AIs, I don't want the I don't want the war mongering ones. For the heart-based AIs, right? So. How is this possible? We're on unlicensed spectrum, which means you, you don't need to have permissions to buy the spectrum, like your Wi-Fi, your Bluetooth, your radio, XM, AM, FM, all those are, well, actually, no, the radios are licensed, but the the, X, the AM, FM, but the Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, those are unlicensed, right? Universally around the whole planet, they're like, hey, this is good for the human population, We'll give them Wi-Fi, all right? So our technology is on sub-gigahertz, 900 megahertz, 800 megahertz, depending on where you're at um, in the world, unlicensed spectrum. So we're able to grow this network with our miners around the world without having to go country by country by country and say, hey, you know, can we buy this internet? Can we buy this spectrum of, of bandwidth? So... All that means is that we, we are the first company that will have a truly global network. All the other telcos, all the other ISPs, they're regional specific because they have to buy the spectrum. Ours is unlicensed, so we can go anywhere all over the place. And we are having a total unified global system. We're already in like 35, 40 countries in one year, right? So the AI needs a body. The AI needs the data. That's how the AI grows. Needs more data, more data, more data, more data. And, you know, look at all that math on the board. Do you want to do that? I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give it to the AIs, heart-based AIs. And then hopefully the idea is, I mean, I don't know, at least in my mind, we're, we're either going towards destruction or we're going towards, you know, creating heaven on earth, right? And we're going to use technology to create feedback loops that help us make better decisions more optimized decision, less wasteful decisions, more compassionate and considerate decisions. So we're not separated anymore. We're actually more unified. That's the whole purpose, right? How do we unify? I showed you the other circles before, right? Now this is where we are operating with Emirate. Individual could be replaced with human. And then home, I want a smart home. I want a smart community. I want a smart neighborhood. I want a smart county, I want a smart state, I want a smart country, right? I want a smart earth. Well, we're starting at the very basics right now, just on the, the home, community, county level. And with our hardware and with your help for free, then we can expand this network together, right? This is, this is teamwork, it makes the dream work. Next slide. All right. This is just a quick thing just so you see all these other types of wireless technologies we're like over here, this one. So this one, LoRa, LoRaWAN. So it stands for Long Range Wide Area Access Network. So it's, it's literally a new computer chip, a new radio was designed purposefully for low power, long range, and low, small data. So this is the, the range. The, the world record is over 800 kilometers from radio to radio, over 800 kilometers Right? Now imagine having one of these things in your house and even multiple miles away. Hey, where's my dog? Right? Privately, on a peer-to-peer encrypted, end-to-end encrypted pipes. We provide the pipes of data encryption for the data sensor to the final consumption and making sense of it. And the bandwidth is low. So here's just some quick things on uh, kind of how to think about smart cities different smart, smart businesses, you know, these are, these are general things, right? Mostly it's about value generation and smart cities, right? The, the cities of the future, with all this data, you're going to have like computer scientists running the cities, right? Versus politicians, which I would much rather have. And with your help and with our technology and with these sensors and the data, that's how we'll, that's how we'll get there. A couple more examples of the IoT You know, we have uh, emergency systems, smart metering. For here, a good one is like flood detection, you know, in case of hurricanes. If the sewage water level rises, a lot of pollution, you want to be able to make sure you're on top of that, right? And you have these sensors that are ahead of it. And then even doing predictive analysis, smart parking, you know, just these are more general examples. Weather. Oh, a cool one, too, that we're working with is scientists who do air quality Air quality pollution. Yeah, Here, here's another one just to take a picture of. If y'all want, it's, it's a good representation of the different types of sensors. We work with all of them. Low data though, so not the high data ones like, you know, cars for making, you know, lane trafficking decisions, but all the low data ones. Okay, so this is really, this is the cool part. So this is Palma de Mallorca in Spain, right? Next to Ibiza. We're doing a 2000 deployment over there. So what does this mean? Well, with the way that it's mining right now, right, everybody's interested. Well, how do I get smart stuff and how do I make money? Well, you sign up on our website, but let me, let me show you the power of how much money you can make. right? In Palma de Mallorca, 2,000 of these free cool spots that we're giving, this is like about a $90 million project, right? So imagine setting up a fraction of that in your, in your town, or a fraction of that in your city, that's like millions of dollars that we're giving you. We're sharing the revenue with you and we're building the infrastructure. All right, next slide. So history is written by the victors, right? Whoever gets to write the history, you get it set in stone in blockchain. That's the version of truth that goes into the future. Old story is the pyramids, multiple kings and pharaohs. I'll write you out of history, the one that won the war, buried buried it, right? All right, next slide. All right. What if we're all the victors together? Let's do it together, guys. I need your help. I need your locations. I need your places to put these things, right? Teamwork makes the dream work. And team Emirates our hashtag. How do you get in touch with me? There's my stuff. And that's the end of my presentation. Thank you all for your attention. I hope you enjoyed and maybe learned a couple things.
1: Hey, CryptoCurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's podcast review comes from Chikinzi. Nice podcast and a must-fall for everyone in the blockchain industry. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date on the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Carthon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent.
1: now.
2: Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice.